Welcome back to Beyond the Field podcast. You're here with Kane and Jess Wallstrom today as hosts. And uh, our guest today is Julian Matthews, who is uh, founder and owner of Two Islands, which is um, health and wellbeing products. Julia, how are you? Hi, I'm really well, thank you. Cool. Excited to get into this one. Entrepreneur, uh, lovely stories. So, um, but before we get in, I just want to give a quick shout out to... Um, our sponsor, uh, Atomic Coffee, who we haven't been able to access, and I can't wait to come Monday um, to get my first long black with a bit of hot milk. Mm-hmm. Um, but just over to you, Jess. Cool. Okay, so what has been your favourite Netflix series that you've binged during lockdown? Uh, oh, I actually, it's not on Netflix, it's on Lightbox, so sorry, but Outlander, I just binged five seasons. Okay. Five seasons, oh my god. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> cool. Uh, where's the first place you're going to go tomorrow as we enter level two? Um, <laughs> uh, probably just to see one of my friends. I don't I actually, no, I actually haven't thought about that. <laughs> I feel like everybody's got a plan for tomorrow, right? This is our checklist. This is what we're going to get done. It's going to be hectic out. So um, I'm just, no, I'm. Just I'm interested to see what the traffic's going to be like yeah. tomorrow and then I'll make a call on what we do in the afternoon. <laughs> um, if you had an unlimited budget, what is your dream car? Oh, God, that's a good question if I had an unlimited budget. Are you a European girl? Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Um, I don't know, like a Lamborghini, something really fast. Oh. <laughs> I'd love to see the Lamborghini with a... Um, baby capsule strapped in as well (laughs) our drink of choice oh uh gin and tonic nice and what is your go-to karaoke song oh anything by mariah nice do you want to give us a little demo now (laughs) absolutely not if i had a few gin and tonics maybe (laughs) awesome okay so to dive right in we want to um cover off a bit about your personal life. So where you grew up, your schooling and your interests outside of what you do. Yeah. So I am born and raised in Auckland and I went to Dio and then I went to, didn't like it, went to Epsom Girls, still didn't like it. Didn't like school. Wasn't for me. (laughs) Wasn't for me. It's all a blur. Um, And yeah, that was my schooling. Um, and what do I do outside my interests? <laughs> to be honest, running a startup and um, kind of doing everything myself. Yeah. And, and running a startup is 24-7, eh? you mm. constantly got to think about it and you've got, you'll have an idea pops into your head. And as an entrepreneur, you've got to jump on that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of my life is work and, and work is my life. And I, w- I love it. I, I have absolutely no complaints about that. Um, when I do have time to do something, it'll be walking my dog or going out for dinner with friends, try and go out like a few times during the week, which has been challenging during lockdown because I'm not into cooking and I've gotten back into it. Um, just be nice, but yeah, going out for dinner, going out for lunch, walking my dog and working. That's soon a baby. So add something else to the mix. That stuff may disappear, but, um, yeah. So probably to set the tone for the listeners, 
obviously, Julie, you're pregnant and you're due in a couple of months. You're running a business uh, and always trying to obviously um, uh, build that and grow that. And then you've got the worries of how am I going to juggle both? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and being definitely the one thing that I've thought about since I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh God, how am I going to run a business and have a baby and try and have some kind of social life to yeah. maintain my mental health? Yeah. Um, now, do you think since you've been pregnant that your um, mindset towards your business has been different in terms of product offerings or how you structure your days or, or how it's going to look moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. Like I knew I needed to, I found out I was pregnant uh, just before Christmas and I knew I needed to hire people. But of course that comes advertising and interviewing and I'd never hired permanent staff before and I knew I needed to do two hires, a marketing manager and like a business ops slash admin. Um, it was just finding the time to advertise. So I actually enlisted the help of a recruitment agency which was the best thing um, for that to get those hires done. So when I found out I was pregnant, that was kind of a kick up the bum to go, okay, Julia, you, you need to get staff on board now. Of um, it's so easy when you are starting out to wear all of those hats and you get in that mindset of this is how it's going to be done. I know how to get it done. And it's almost like another thing on your to-do list to get people on board to help you, right? So Yeah, it's, it was like I needed to hire people to help with the workload but my workload was so huge. I didn't have the time to really, to put in the time that I knew that I needed to hire a, a great staff. So using a recruitment company was the best thing and they just did all that groundwork for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I hired two girls who both started at the beginning of March. Tell me, Julia, and this happened to me, when... Obviously, you knew you were pregnant and you are going to have a baby. Were Obviously, you pregnant, were well, you? I wasn't pregnant. <laughs> I'm looking at him going, where's this going? <laughs> your work is obviously is very high and perilous and it takes over your life for a while, trying to build a business and that. When you learned that, that you were going to obviously start a family and that, did things change your mind and go, well, now I have to have, it, obviously, a balance, but the balance actually could be a really good thing? Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the balance could be a good thing. What that looks like, I don't know. Um, you know, I've said to myself, I'll have, you know, three months off and go back in some capacity after that. Um, but the baby really dictates that to, to a certain extent, yeah. um, depending on how they are. Like this is my first rodeo. So I'll see how it goes, but the, you know, the girls that I've hired are incredible and I have, uh, you know, peace in knowing that if I do, if I am away for six months, that the wheels will still keep turning and I've got other um, people that help me within the business. That's so, so to trust your team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful for them and um, a shareholder slash my, my other director He's like, look, if, if you need 12 months off, just take 12 months off. And I was like, oh, no, that's too long. Yeah. So I will be involved in some capacity. Um, the baby sleeps, right? Yeah. <laughs> they do. Sometimes. <laughs> and you'll know, you'll know when, it's, when it's the right time for you. And it sounds like you're in the perfect position where there's no pressure mm. when you're ready and when, you're, when you want to come back. So let's go back a few steps. Let's talk about Two Islands. Mm -hmm. Give us a rundown of what Two Islands is and how it came about. 
Yeah, so um, Two Islands is, I guess, uh, we're a health food retail product. Mm-hmm. Um, and Two Islands came about, I was living in New Zealand. I was studying at AUT, doing a business degree. Uh, and then I moved to Sydney and I had a real interest in, in health and wellness. Yeah. And I started studying health science over in Australia. Um, well, I first started with nutrition and then added on health science. And from there, um, I moved back to New Zealand and I thought, I don't want to work for someone else. I want to do my own thing. Um, And I really struggled to find a protein powder that I loved. And I thought, right, I'll just create my own. So that's literally how the brand kind of came about. How do you start that process? I'm going to create a pro. Where do you start? Yeah, it was just a lot of um, putting my hand up and asking for help, speaking to friends who had businesses, doing my own research. I had a mentor. Um, You can get like a free business mentor. So I used, well, free, you sign up and you pay a little bit of a fee. But I had a business mentor who helped me with things, you know, like registering a business. Like there's, there's a lot you can find out online, but if someone can help you and it speeds things up, I'm all for that. Um, you know, I stay in my lane, I say, and there's things that I know that I'm great at and things that I know that I'm not. So I always put my hand up when I know that I need help. And that was huge for helping me get the ball rolling with the business. And then it was just, honestly, it was a matter of Googling and finding out uh, manufacturers and packaging and, um, you know, New Zealand's so small. Yeah. And we're all so connected that if you do need help or someone will know someone, it's, yes, it's, um, can be a lot of work, but it's not, I wouldn't say hard, like it wasn't. Hard. And I think it's really important to know that process when you're starting a business. You know, you could pay someone to do everything for you. Um, well, but- broke. You know, that's what, <laughs> that, that's what they're known for, right? So they do everything on the holy rag. So, so many people, so many Kiwis out there that are entrepreneurs are always willing to put them out to help other people out because they know how hard it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, and, and people are so willing to help, but as Kiwis, you know, people don't like to put their hand up and ask for help. Yeah. They feel like they can be a burden, which I, I understand that. I get that. But, I mean, just ask for help. If you're, <laughs> if you're not sure of something, ask for help. And I just happened to have friends um, and businesses, and I was working in a shared office space as well. Yeah. And that was great because that was so – everyone was so connected and, and helped each other out. There were lots of startups there. I mean, Uber – when they first launched Uber Eats, like the Uber team was in there. It was was quite cool and people just helped each other out. So that was huge as well, actually. Yeah. And there's lots of shared spaces popping up now that, I mean, you know, if you are starting out, possibly not affordable to be there permanently, but you could go in one or two days a week um, and just, yeah, ask. You can like absorb it as well. And when you're in that environment, you see that everybody's there just working hard throwing questions out so it's just good to be in that kind of environment yeah it's very motivating yeah see other people and you're like oh okay well if they can do that then I can do that and they're working really hard I'm gonna it's gonna keep me going if you've got some self-doubt or whatever so that was quite key tell me Julia I'm really keen I I really like the name how did you come up with that name and secondly 
health and well-being obviously is really trendy and it has it never like take it back 10 years or, or maybe further but obviously it wasn't really a, a thing it was taboo it wasn't talked about too much but it is such a, a a trendy thing to do now even through food products whatever it may be did it take you long thinking of this idea to sort of for you to go okay cool this is actually we can really make a business of this or was it like i need to really research the market because i'm not too sure if people will jump on it um, I knew in New Zealand there was, um, because I mean, I struggled to find a product that I really liked mm. and there were a few, few brands of, of proteins that I'd buy, but it's not as saturated as it is in Australia or in America with, in terms of choice. So that for me, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I did a bit of market research, but not, but at the same time, I didn't invest a huge amount of money into it so I knew that the risk was I wasn't investing life savings or that would be a completely different story but this was like okay I can do a small manufacturing run it's not going to cost me a huge amount if it flops it flops and move on to the next thing and I'm not going to be living on the streets yeah. um, which took some pressure off me to try and like you know if, to, if it didn't work then it was Okay, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the name Two Islands, how did that come up? Yeah, I, I was, one night I, I remember I was sitting at the dining room table and I was trying to think of a name and I was like, I want it to be, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I'll start with the protein powder. Who knows what it will end up being. Yeah. I need a name that it could be anything. Yeah. Like it's, you don't know what it is. It could be anything. And I also thought, what's a na What's a word that takes me, when I think of that word, it takes me to a nice place. Yeah. Like island, sun, paradise, beach, relaxing. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, I can't just have island or I can't have islands. And then two. Uh, yeah. That's literally it. I thought from two islands, I thought that it's like a New Zealand based product, a New Zealand girl running this business, two islands in New Zealand. That's what I thought it was for. Yeah, no, it was, I was like, I need a word that when I think of it, it takes me to yeah. a nice place and it could be, the product could be anything. It could be yeah. food or a sunglasses or, or whatever. Yeah. So your, your protein was your first product that you um, released in that? Yeah. And if we take it back, probably our parents' um, time, where they would just go for exercise, they'd just go for a run, right? But now gyms have become so trendy with spin classes and all these different circuit classes and you've got boot camps and all of a sudden there's a resurgence in all these new gyms. And obviously on top of that, um, protein's a big supplement for people now, not just to build muscle mass, but to, to have an everyday life for energy and all this type of stuff. So is it, is it trendy though or is it education? Well, it's both really because the way I look at it, and you tell me, um, Julie, but the way I look at it is that you can get protein through food, but you might have to eat or buy a massive amount of food to do that. Yeah. Well, for a product um, like Julie's, you can get that straight away, right? Yeah, it's all about convenience, really. Yeah, exactly. We are. We're, we are all time poor. We're all, everyone's busy. We're all busy. <laughs> and we love to say that we're busy. Um, it's about convenience. And having options, especially, uh, you know, traditionally protein powders were whey protein powders and they were advertised by guys with big muscles and bodybuilding and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, a lot of the time they were whey protein. So 
with plant-based diets um, becoming more popular and pe a lot of people having gluten intolerance or a uh, dairy intolerance, it's just about giving another option of a product that you can take. Um, and then also more around that is a lot of people think, oh, just you, well, I can only have a protein powder after I've had exercised. Yeah. But that's because without actually knowing what protein is yeah. and, and how it fits into your diet, um, so it's definitely about like educating customers as as well as to why you need protein. It's not just after you've worked out, and it's not going to make you really really muscly if you have it. And that's the biggest problem: what people think of protein, they think, "Oh, I'm just going to put on weight because I'm going to put on muscle," but it's not true at all. It's education. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And I think, and that's was my learnings when yeah. I was doing nutrition and and having that knowledge was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, protein isn't just for." After you've worked out, it's great to have here, 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 and here, yeah. um, and then bringing out a product that suited, you know, ninety-nine percent of people's diets because it was free of this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer to bring out uh, a plant-based protein. So, what other products do you offer? You've got the protein. Is there anything else that Two Islands produces? Yeah. So um, we've also got a marine collagen powder. Yeah. And for me, again, that was a product I was taking. I didn't particularly love it. Mm. Um, and I thought, right, I want something that's a bit higher dose. And also I looked at where the source of where the collagen was from. Yeah. And I didn't kind of like the idea of having a collagen um, that perhaps wasn't from a great source. Yeah. And again, <laughs> where does collagen come from? Um, it comes from, well, you can get it from uh, a marine source or from fish skin or bovine, which is a cow, or porcine, which is pig. Um, and then you look at, to, you know, country of origin. Yeah. How is it wild caught? Is it from farm fish? Um, and then you look at, if you know it's from farm fish, which can be the more sustainable option because you can control species and bycatch. Um, then you look at the, the farming practices in certain countries and you're like, hmm. So for me... Again, that was um, a reason that I wanted to bring out a collagen that I knew what the source was. Yeah. I knew it was really high dose. Yeah, and just we're working on a few other products now. We've got something launching probably beginning of July. Um, yeah, yeah uh, doing another category, so extending the product range, going down the dietary supplement range. Um, and tell me, Jordan, because I'm a male and naive. <laughs> Um, purely for females at the moment, your products? No. <laughs> I think, you know, the, the, the more maybe marketed towards um, women. It was actually my intention with Two Islands to have it um, kind of gender neutral um, and, and, the, and the messaging. But it just so happened that it's a collagen and it's called a collagen beauty powder. So guys do messaging like, can I take this or women are like can my husband or boyfriend take this and I'm like absolutely like yeah. guys yeah there's no reason why guys shouldn't and the same with the protein it's just yeah protein tell me just touching on the protein of the of the manufacturing makeup of a, a good mate of mine um Steve O'Morpeth who owns Sticky Johnson Surf Wax and Griptic in that he his journey's probably very similar to yours where it's um, create something, test it, no, it doesn't work, rubbish it, next one. Was there a lot of trial and error getting everything, every part of your product right? And you're thinking, 
Yeah. I wonder, how am I going to get this right? Like, it's just not there. How do I get that perfection in that? Yeah, it was definitely a balance of having it tasting nice. Otherwise, people aren't going to buy it again. Yeah. Um, and having great nutritionals. So, you yeah. know, what is the protein content? What's the carbohydrate content? What's the sugar content? Um, where the ingredients are sourced from. And then also um, price. Yeah. Can you tell me, is the yeah. look the look of it really essential? Like, have you noticed that your look and brand or how you put it out there in the market has to be appealing? Like, do people buy off a look as well? Yes, female, <laughs> well, females do. I'm so heavily influenced by what I see on social media. I buy, majority of what I buy is because I've seen it on Instagram. Someone shared it. Um, you know, I don't like going to shopping malls, walking around, browsing for clothes. I'm like, if I see something on someone, I'm like, oh, where's that from? I'm going to buy it. Um, definitely, uh, you know, I think the brand is direct to consumer. Yeah. 90% of our sales are direct to consumer. Yeah. So we do a lot in the digital space. And definitely, I think having, you know, having the right look whatever that may be we did a big brain relaunch in september we went from plastic packaging to like a cardboard tube nice. and that was huge that was such an uplift in sales just from that and that definitely shows and people like the feel good factor of a product as well if they know that they that the container is recyclable and good for the environment and if they know that the products are being sourced ethically i yeah would be more inclined to buy that over a plastic tub that I've got no idea where it comes from. Yeah, it's just having that choice, right? You know, yeah. if there's one product here and they both maybe do, do the same thing, but this one is maybe, you know, in your eyes um, is better because of, of this, then you're more likely to buy that. And yeah. sometimes, you know, price doesn't matter for everyone. Yeah, um, it's so true. Yeah. Like, I think the pr pricing of it, like if you're going to buy something cheap, you're probably going to get something cheap, right? Yeah. And we always say in finance, we always say to people, you know, well, if you're going to buy cheap, then, you know, don't expect it to last long. We'll give you what you want, especially in property. Um, so sometimes yeah. it's going a bit more to get that outcome. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's across so many different things in life. You know, if you, if you from when you hire staff and when you <laughs> buy a car or, you know, a lot of things, and that's why one reason I would never put you know, our product in the supermarket just because of that fact that they're going to get you down on your margin, which means you've got to perhaps compromise on certain things. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would never buy a supplement from the supermarket. Yeah. Um, so why would I try and put my brand in the supermarket? And I, yeah, there's certain things that I just would not do with the brand because you know it's all yes yes making money is important absolutely but i also want to build a brand that i'm really proud of and i've stuck to my values yeah. um not just in order to shove it in the supermarket to perhaps make more money because i'm shifting more volume would well, be fair to say too that if you made the product accessible to anybody and see it anywhere then it doesn't stay unique to people yeah i think that can happen um i mean it's not a you know it's not a milk or a butter or a bread, something you eat every day, which needs to be in the supermarket. Yeah. It's a product that, yes, you can possibly take it every day, but you're not having to buy it as often. So um, definitely there's, you know, brands that I've seen that have gone from wanting to be maybe more premium and then positioning themselves in a less desirable retail space. And it's like, oh, what a sellout. 
yeah. you know um and that's hey everyone does things differently and but that's just something that i'm really strong about with with two islands i want i won't ever compromise on ingredients um i could go and source a really cheap pea protein you know for a quarter of the price per kilo what i get now but I don't want to do that because I personally wouldn't want to be taking something that's just full of cheap ingredients. Yeah. And I think coming back to the comment before about social media, obviously people can follow you on social media. They can follow your life. They connect you with your brand. So it's not just two islands, it's you. So, you know, whatever's going in that tube is a representation of you as well. Hmm. Do you find having a good following on social media helps you with your business? Has it been easier to roll out new products because you've got a loyal following or is it a bit different behind the scenes? Yeah, maybe. I don't really promote the brand heavily on my personal social. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I probably could. And some people say that I should, yeah. but I just don't because i i'm too busy i don't post a hell of a lot anyway um and if you know if we do roll out a new product of course i'll, I'll put something up but it's not something i'll just push every single day because that gets annoying and if anyone did that that i followed anyway i'll probably unfollow them so <laughs> so would it be fair then on your um uh, on your work social media pages do you do you actually push a lot of money into advertising that way uh, no, well, we, we use a content agency um, and we've been using them since uh, September last year. They're fantastic and they do all our posting for us, um, which is great because I was doing it for a while and it got to be almost a chore. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm, I'm not great at writing copy. I'm having to take photos and it's not my strong point. So um, put a bit of budget into getting a, a content agency, which has been great. And in terms of marketing spend, see, I've just got a marketing manager on and I, she's got a budget and she laughed, she laughed at me. She was like, you don't spend anything on advertising. <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, yes, I know. And I was like, well, Instagram's free, right? Like Facebook's free. So on the back of that, she's, she's come, she's ex, uh, a, a supplement brand, a really large supplement brand in New Zealand. So for her coming to two islands, um, it's so different for her because they had huge budgets and they would push out new products all the time and she would have such a large spend behind it. And then she came here and she's like, so how much? And I'm like, I don't know, just spend whatever you want. She's like, so I like, gave, have given her a budget. And now we've just engaged with a, a digital media agency um, and an SEO person because like, we weren't doing any of that either because it's not my realm. I'm like, I don't know. I put my hands up in the air. So, no, we don't. We, we've, we use influencers. Yeah. Um, and that was something that we started paying people in July last year. Yeah. Um, and that definitely helped with sales. And... We, I got to that point, a lot of the girls that were promoting to islands just like were friends or girls that I kind of knew and they were doing such a great job and I was like, okay, I actually want to start paying you now. So when we did that, we I had noticed an uplift in sales mm -hmm. and we're just kind of building on that. But it's finding people that um, 
have actually bought the brand and do love it because it's very easy to send your product out to someone and they'll post about it, but they haven't actually used it and they just want free product and they'll put it up and I'm not about that. So it's finding people that use the brand, actually really love it. I'll always send it out first and get them to try it. And if they like it, cool, then it's something we can discuss about um, getting them on for paid work. Yeah. And if not, cool, that's fine. I think that's the cool thing about when you own a, a business in, say, the first five years or, or something, that the path that you think it's going to take and how you're going to do things, you learn along the way. And mm -hmm. so adapt. And like you're saying, you can throw money at, at certain things, but you can find other ways to push your brand out there and your name out there. And it doesn't have to be big dollar items. No. Yeah, you can do things. Obviously, the more money you spend yeah. in the right way, the more money you're going to make. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was just no budget and also no, um, you know, I don't come from a marketing background. Yeah. So there's so many things and, and, and digital is all quite new, really. Yeah. You know, Instagram hasn't been around for that long. So it's not my space and it's only now that we've, you know, two and a half years down the track that we're starting to use a digital media agency and do Facebook and Instagram advertising, which is something that we have not done. Yeah. I don't even know how to use Instagram. I don't have it. One of the girls at work runs our page and she's like, Instagram's doing well. I'm like, sweet, <laughs> man, that's good. Kane said the other day in lockdown, we were talking on a team meeting about TikTok and Kane's like, what's TikTok? I'm like, oh, he's so, so out of the social. Oh, I'm so out of the way. Yeah, I, I don't have, I've just got Instagram. I don't have Facebook. I don't have TikTok. I try and just stay away because it just cons would consume me. Yeah. So you've had some huge successes in the two and a half years that you've been going. What have been your biggest struggles in business to date? Um, biggest struggles? <clears throat> just not having enough hands. Yeah. Time poor. Yeah, just being time poor and trying to juggle everything, which you know, has been great for that learning factor of knowing my business inside and out, which is yeah. really important. Um, but just not having enough people going, oh, I could have done this so much faster if I'd had help. I could have done this if I'd had help. Or, you know, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing and you look back and, you know, I wish, I wish I'd known this or I wish I'd known that. But at the same time, I think that's how you learn and that's how you grow when mm -hmm. you have a business. Yeah. And again, like I said, you know, I could have had, a massive budget in the beginning and paid people to do lots of different things for me, but then I wouldn't have learnt. You know, it's really and nice. It's larger the more that you, the more people that are on board and the more you outlay up front, it's a bigger risk. And some people are not, that doesn't sit well with them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I knew I needed to get to a certain point and be making a certain amount of money a month in order to get people on. And I did have an investor come on board and February, March last year. Yeah. Um, so I had a bit of a cash injection then, which was great. Yeah. And also learning from him, which was really nice. I, you know, I didn't have any help. It was me doing everything. So I knew that I needed to get someone on board to help me. And that was great. And then I was like, right, okay, now my next step will be staff, but I'll only get to that once I've reached the certain point. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, I guess the big, biggest challenge would be not having enough help and julia your investor that's come in are they a silent investor or are they very hands-on and, and, and involved in the business day-to-day -day with you 
Um, in the beginning, yes, very hands-on. Uh, and as much as he said, you know, as much as you want me to be hands-on, I will. Yeah. And I learned a lot from his team. He comes from a, um, he started lots of tech kind of businesses and online businesses, um, really successful and very hands-on in the beginning. And he's really busy now doing his other thing and I can talk to him when I need to, but I'm at the point now where I don't need to lean on, on him as much. And I have another shareholder on board as well. And he comes from finance background and he is just like incredible. I talk to him every day. Uh, it blows my mind with how much he knows and he's so well connected, which has been great for the brand as well. Um, so he's yeah director and like CFO, I guess you could call him. He's been CFO for um, a, a really large FMCG brand. So He's been great to have on board for forecasting and helping me plan and budget, which is not not my thing. Accounts, I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So, That's yeah. Numbers yeah. scare a lot of people, you know, um, and sometimes it can be the easiest thing or the hardest thing. Just a question on the process of bringing on a, a, a private investor into your business. Did you really scold them and go, right, not just obviously take on anyone, it had to really suit you, your brand, where you wanted to go, and then how did you get to that point to go, yes, this person definitely is and this person definitely is? Yes, yeah, so there were two groups of, um, so my current investor, and then there was another group that wanted to come on board and they wanted to buy the whole brand. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, but I've just started it. Like, why would you want to buy it? Like, what? It didn't make sense to me what direction they wanted to take the brand in. It was a great offer and I could have been like, yeah, cool, I'm just going to take that. But I wasn't ready to just give my baby up, essentially. Um, and then my current investor came on board and he has invested into um, a company that my friend started. And I'd heard of him anyway. He's, yeah, really successful. And I knew that getting him on board would help me and help the brand. And so it was kind of a no-brainer. I needed help. He really wanted to be involved, which was nice. You know, I didn't need to go looking. I knew I needed help, and it just happened that when he came to me, it was the right time. So what does your day-to-day -day look like now in terms of your business? And, and, and how, yeah, so how does that look for people? Because it's really interesting. Everyone thinks, so many people, you get to go, oh, you own a business. Oh, that's crazy. You can do what you want. And you're like... Really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, do you know, yeah. I'm lucky in the fact that if I maybe don't feel that great, I don't go into the office. I mean, that doesn't ever happen. But, um, you know, I, I don't have that pressure of like, oh, I have to be here at a certain time, I'm on the clock because I work for someone else. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, but weekend, what is a weekend? Oh, <laughs> like it's Friday I'm like and <laughs> yeah you know and I I look forward to Monday I look forward to yeah. going into the office and seeing the girls and just being busy I I really enjoy it I think the brand is we're in a place where it's it's growing really fast so that's exciting for me and the fact that I'm having a baby I'm like oh there's so many things that I still need to need to cross off the list before 
Um, I have this baby, we had a meeting this morning about a product launch. And they're like, so when do you think we're going to launch this? And I'm like, well, I hope before the 3rd of July, because I really just want to get this product out before this baby arrives. <laughs> and I was like, not that I don't think that any of you would be able to, to launch it without me there, but I just want to kind of tick. Okay, done. Okay, cool. The baby can come now. Yeah, um, I'm missing out on something that you're yeah. much time working on. Yeah, absolutely. So every day is just in the office. All I mean, it's what eight thirty, and I was just before I started <laughs> talking to you. I was still working. So yeah, just well, I think too, like you know, because you've started from scratch and. Even though it's two lines, it is you and represents you as well. So, you know, with anything like that, you always want to make sure that it's exactly how you want it and exactly what you want from it, you know, because it is your baby at the end of the day. Yeah, and I love what I do. And I think if you love what you do, it doesn't it sound so cliche, but, like, it doesn't feel like work. It's not a drag. It's not boring. It's not, oh, I've got to work today. It's, it's easy. It's enjoyable, right? Yeah, it's enjoyable. And I think that's so important. Like if your people are starting a brand, think of like, why are you, like, why are you starting this? Yeah. Like, what do you want to get out of this? And why are you doing it? Because if you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's not going to be fun because it's not going to be easy. No. So when you have hard days, you want to know that, okay, no, right. I'm, I know why I'm doing this and to, to keep going. So why are you doing Two Islands? What's the ultimate goal for Two Islands? Um, I would love to have the brand, you know, for another maybe five years Mm -hmm. Um, and then look at selling it. We're looking to get a new investor on board soon, Mm -hmm. Um, a New Zealand brand. Mm -hmm. So we're just working through that now and it's, possibly likely depending on on how the deal looks that they will do a buyout in x amount of years there's something that um will all be up up for discussion but yeah i i would like to have the brand for i'm not ready to give it up yet there's still a few more things i want to do and and there's a few other things that i want to start as well that is my next question (laughs) because obviously you're cut from a different cloth you like to i suppose to throw a business and and i'm going if you ever got bought out or, or you get to a point where like, well, this can run by itself. And if I mingle more, it just does more harm because it runs so smoothly. Mm-hmm. If I had to you in, say, 20 years, a, a young version of yourself and said, I loved your success in business. You're the person that I want to re- invest in my startup. Would you do that? And w- is that something that you would enjoy? Absolutely. I love, you know, I, I love when people reach out to me and ask for help because I wish I'd had that. Yeah. You know, I'm, and I'm more than happy to sit and talk to people and, you know, if I can share something and it helps them, sure. Like, but again, I am no expert. I've only been doing this for two and a half years. So, um, you know, yeah, who knows what, where I'll be in 20 years time, but absolutely that's something I've definitely thought about. Um, but with your experience that you've had so far, what advice would you give, particularly to young women who are looking to start a business? What advice would you give them? Yeah, think about why why you want to start a business. Is it, a, is it because you're just wanting to make a quick dollar? Or is it because you're wanting to start something out of, because it's a passion? Yeah. Um, especially if it's a product-based business. Like, why, why are you starting this? And 
you know, I think if it's service-based, it's different because it's something that you would no doubt um, be, be skilled in. But if it's a product-based business, I'm like, why are you doing this? And put your hand up if there's things that you don't know and ask for help. People are more than willing to help. And, and start small so that the risk isn't as big if it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I didn't invest a massive amount of money in the beginning because I didn't want to have that risk. Mm. Um, yeah. It's interesting, you know, like some people we see in our line of work will put a million bucks into something and the pressure is on from day one. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, some people might may thrive off that. Yeah. Um, but, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> it's not for everybody. No, not at all. And, and you know, there's, when, you, when you do start, there is an element of risk for sure, and that can help you, I guess, motivate you and, and make you... Fire under the bus. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, everyone has their limits, don't they, of, of what they deem as risky and what they deem as not, as not risky. Yeah. Tell me, because it's really topical at the moment, because we're still uh, locked down, but going tomorrow, COVID, how has that affected your business? Has it been for the good or the worse? Oh, I hate to say it, but it's been for the good. Um, I was really... I saying that. Oh, that's so good to hear. Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to level two tomorrow. I'm not planning on going out to a restaurant anytime soon. But just to see restaurants and cafes and hairdressers open and people beginning to be able to rebuild their businesses because that has just weighed so heavily on my mind of so many people struggling. Um, but to Islands, we service grocery. We're, we're in Faro and Huckleberry. Nice. And they've stayed open, so we had to keep supplying them. Yeah. And um, did your online orders continue as well? You didn't shut down... No, so our um, fulfillment is done through a 3PL who send out other brands who also service grocery. So they had to stay open and operating because um, they were supplying essential. I mean, we're, we're classed as a health food retailer, so that was essential. Uh, you know, everyone deems different things to be essential. It just, if we weren't in Faro or Huckleberry, we wouldn't have stayed open. Wow, Okay. That's interesting, eh? It's um, the, the thing I would say to myself is if, and hypothetically, probably we haven't, but if we ever went through another pandemic, what would I do different and what would we do different in our business? Is there anything that you would do different if you knew another pandemic was coming? Have your baby early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go into labour the day of lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, because... We've lucky. We were lucky to be business as usual. We just were all working from home. Um, and I, when when I found out that we were going into lockdown, I just hired two new staff. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I, I don't want to not be able to pay them. I don't want to be able to say, oh thanks for working for me for a month. Yeah. See you later. Um, that was that was really stressful. And I mean, we were supposed to launch into Australia in April yeah. but forecasting wise it doesn't look that great because we'd forecasted to already be launched into Australia yeah. um but that's fine that can happen yeah. but I'm just grateful that we were able to stay open and I could keep the staff um with jobs I think with every setback 
there comes an opportunity at some point, right? And like we've sort of detailed, is your path can change slightly, but um, if you can stay relevant and to people and educate people, uh, and it's in our line of work too, um, people always come back to you. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, to start rounding off the back end of our chat today, what is your legacy that you want to leave on this earth? Really deep. <laughs> Oh my god, that is so deep. I have not thought about that. We've heard some oh. funny answers from sports players on this one. Oh wow, my legacy. That I'm a nice person. <laughs> I like that though. That's simple and it's something that's achievable. Yeah, I don't I'm not doing anything extraordinary. Mm. I think some incredible charity that's giving back. I don't know. Um, just try and be a, a good human and help people when and where I can. I think just to jump in too, lastly, because I'm a male and there's a lot of male listeners, they should really jump on your website and have a look at your products because um, not knowing too much, obviously you do a, a lot of male stuff and protein as well, right? So um, there's a lot of people on here that use that, a lot of sports players that listen. Um, so jump on, you might get an intake of uh, a whole lot of players from offshore or something trying, yeah. to, trying to contact you. My ex actually used to play in the, in the NRL and he wasn't able to take the protein when he was playing because it's not ASADA approved. Wow. Now, now he's finished, he takes it and he takes the college. <laughs> you know? got beautiful nails and beautiful hair, right? <laughs> so guys can take it. So where can we find it? Where can people find your products? Um, on Two Islands, twoislandsco.com. Nice. And um, one last question. What advice would you give your 18-year-old self? <sighs> um, what advice would I give my 18-year-old self? Just to not care so much about what other people think. That's maturity, eh? Right there. Yeah, yeah it is such a learning, isn't it? Because when you're young, you do. You care what everyone thinks. And I, yeah. We've had Aaron Walsh on here as mental skills coach for Chiefs at the moment. He's been in the MLB, Major League Baseball on that. He talks about, we talk, he talks about identity on there. And um, maturity is a big part of that, is mm. being comfortable who you are outside of what you do. And then that reflects in whatever you do in life. It's quite interesting. Yeah, it's there's so many things, and you know, when I was younger, family members would be like, "Oh, this," or you know, um, you know, stay in school, do well in school. And at the time, you're like, "Ah, oh, who cares?" But you look back and you're like, "Oh, yeah, you're so right." Like, there's so many things. It's just a learning, and it's just they they come to you as you do get older and mature. I think school sets a discipline for life. Like you don't have to be the highest achiever or the smartest, but it sets a discipline that when you move forward in life, whatever you do, has that underlying factor to create or help you. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Yeah. Hey, Julia, thank you so much for joining us um, this evening. It's been great to talk to you. I've been really interested to find out more about you and your business. So it's been really good to chat. So just to recap, you can find Julia's products at twoislandco.com and find her also on um, Instagram. Any last plug, Julia, that you'd like to give your brand? <laughs> uh, I hope you like it if you try it. <laughs> well, I'm going to buy some protein now. Since yeah, we're going to order some. <laughs>
Um, and lastly, to all our listeners, uh, jump on our social platforms or our website, www.moneyandprivate.co.nz. Um, tough times at the moment, um, but there's a lot of opportunity out there, especially in the property market. So if you've got any questions, queries, qualms, whatever, um, come to us and we're more than happy to help. So until next time, um, well, I'll be seeing you, Jess. And, but Julie, <laughs> See you on level two. Yeah, hopefully, Julie, we can get you back on with maybe another product launch in the future. Yeah, would love to. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you.